Hello guys and welcome back to episode 3 of a vodcast. Uh, we are ghetto and budget today. We're doing this in my kitchen because um, I'm poor and I couldn't afford the studio time. So don't worry, normal programming will resume and audio will improve on episode 4. Once again I'm here with Zeke Izzy, how you doing man? I'm all good man, how are you? Uh, I'm alright mate, I'm alright. I'm just... Um, Keeping it real, you know. Uh, keeping it real. Keeping it real. Do you know, I want to kick off because obviously I like going on to Twitter. I think I've got a bit of an unhealthy obsession with going on Twitter and getting myself wound up by things. Like I do YouTube. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Rami Malek, do you know him from um, Mr. Robot? He's an actor. No. Okay, well, basically, um, he, he's, he's a famous actor, mm -hmm. right? And um, a fan stopped him in the street, right? She's got her phone out, it's in selfie mode, but it's filming video. So she says to him, as he puts his arm around her, is it all right if you say hello to my friends? To which he says, no, no, uh, but I'll take a selfie, and then realises that it's video, and she's like, oh, I'm sorry. My question for you is, right, obviously being someone that does shows, meets a lot of people, how do you sort of feel about that? I mean, do you feel that she's invaded his privacy, or is it like, come on, it's 2018, people are going to stick a video and camera in your I face? I think there's two ways you can look at it. You can say that invading his privacy and being in his personal space is definitely a valid point. Mm. But if you're in the world of celebrity, then you just have to expect that shit. Yeah. Expect that stuff. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, if people have come up to me in the past and they say picture, I'm actually more inclined to say I'd rather have a video because then you capture that person's personality on how they are in the moment. Uh -huh. And I think it's videoing with fans is a lot more... There's a lot more value in it than just a picture. Well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll show, I'll show the clip. I'll put it up on the screen as well. But here's when, here's when she comes up. Ready? Can you say hi to my friends? No, but we can take a picture. Oh, sorry. Is that all right? Yep. Thank you. Well, that's it. I love the moment when, when he realises that it's a video. He's yeah. like, oh, that's a video. Like, yeah, it's... Um, I don't know. I mean, technically, she kind of is wrong because she asked to do a video whilst videoing. Right. So you had oh, it coming. Oh, <laughs> you had oh, it going in. No, but it's true. It's, it's like, basically, you asked, but you were telling him. Yeah. So he didn't have to do that. Uh -huh. So um, I'm on both sides. One, he should have done it because he's a fan, and she obviously appreciates what he does. Mm. So just take the fucking video. It's the least that you can do. You're probably never going to see each other again. Take the video, let them have their moment, Put some happiness and positivity in someone's day, and leave it at that. Yeah, I mean, she was quite, she was quite innocent about it. I mean, when, yeah, yeah, when, yeah. when she realised that he said no, so yeah, she turned it off. <laughs> she, she turned it off straight away. You know, yeah. like you know, there's some people out there that if, if they'd have been with like a famous celebrity and the celebrity had said no, they would just <laughs> no, you'd, you'd have been like. We're doing a kind of video. <laughs> Put it right in his face. <laughs> right in there, right in there. Um, yeah, so anyway, I thought I'd kick off with that. Now, we're doing this slightly earlier this week because you've been on a little excursion. Um, <laughs> I hear that, obviously, it was your birthday recently. You're yeah. uh, 25. I'm... Um, yeah, so, so, so happy, happy birthday. Um, and for your birthday, you went to Amsterdam. So how was that? Uh, I don't know, I was high. <laughs> no, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick out some highlights. So uh, I'll start in in a backwards order. So I went to McDonald's. I'm sure, we're all familiar with McDonald's. Uh, other, other fast food chains are available. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm vegetarian, so there's not a lot that I can really eat other than the veggie stuff. I don't I got, think that's veggie, is it? No, I got a veggie McChicken sandwich, yeah, and I just saw McChicken, and I feel like they just said veggie. Because it tasted really chickeny. <laughs> but, um... Well, the thing is, their vegetarian stuff is probably just as bad as their normal stuff. I mean, yeah. I don't think there's much chicken in the chicken, so... That was actually really nice. Was it? <laughs> it was really good, so I just what the fuck? But, um, yeah, so I got, I got a veggie McChicken sandwich, uh, medium fries, and a medium Coke. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm one of these people that, when I finish drinking my drink, that I eat the ice... And it's just become a habit ever since a little kid. Yeah. I, I've got to say, I do eat ice as well. And it, the, funnily enough, there's actually some good Instagram videos on that. It, it's a fetish because obviously a, ASMR. Uh, I think it. I think it is. I under, can't get into them. I, <laughs> I get weirded out, man. I'm like, oh. Where it's just like these Japanese women. Yeah. Like, they've they've made like shapes out of ice. So they put it like there'll be fish and there's dyes in it as well, and they just crunch on it. 
So the video is literally him going like, <laughs> I will never watch that after. I'll try and remember yeah, I'll, that. I'll put some on. So I'm so my ice and I put my hand in. And I'm thinking, what the hell is this? Just listen to that. I'm <laughs> right. <laughs> 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 no, so I take off the lid and I find this. Now show your camera. Show explain for those that are uh, listening on uh, RTM radio what it is I'm holding here. Okay, so I'm, I know someone who actually used to work at McDonald's, and they said that's off the drink dispenser. That is off the drink dispenser. <laughs> but the weird thing is, without this, it will spray everywhere. So it's almost like I guess it's like a silencer on a gun. Like it just it will stop um, stop it spraying. Right. So obviously someone's just pushed a the button. They've gone medium coke, mm. <laughs> and then it's just gone. Psh, but it's not been uh, tight tightened on enough, and it's just come off and in the drink. So that's probably added the weight along with the ice, filled the drink up a little bit more, and they probably looked at the machine. Well, they probably ain't even looked. Right. I definitely left with that before they found out. <laughs> But it's amazing. I mean, the thing is, is have you have you got grounds to sue? I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I feel like McDonald's could probably give me a little payout. It wasn't life threatening, but I could definitely make something up. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I would say that we definitely are going to make something up. Because McDonald's have got enough money. Um, well, yeah, I'm going to chuck some my drink. I it's the first time having coke, and they ruined my experience. <laughs> I can't believe that that's gone into your drink. Well, actually, I... And they've not noticed. I no, mean, I, I drank... how, how many drinks are they making out of that machine? That's what I'm saying. But the, the, the fucked up thing is, what's weird for me, it didn't actually, it didn't register until afterwards that maybe dirty hands have been over that. Like, I don't know how sanitary it is. It's just, oh, yeah, that's... all sorts of germs. I am feeling a bit under the weather now. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> 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 uh, other than that, Everyone in Amsterdam is a salesman. <laughs> okay, so my first night there before my birthday, I don't know how much I can go into about the, the old illicits. <laughs> don't go into it. But, um, you, know, you, know, you know, on this, on this uh, podcast, we discuss anything. Well, Dad did actually say before I went away, you're going to try the old funny fags. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> so it's like, we got there first night. Um, oh, I, did the, I did a coach there. I got the ferry in a coach. It's already long. Loads of power naps. Just fucked. How, how long does it take you to get there on ferry and coach? 12 hours. Ooh. Yeah, really long, but it's cheap. Yeah, okay. But um, much? I don't know. I didn't pay for it. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> my, 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 lady, my lady friend paid for it. Okay. <laughs> well, not very much. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so we... Uh... It's the money <laughs> oh! <laughs> Cold! <laughs> Anyways, we, uh, we got there. Um... Booked into our hotel, done everything, and then we thought, right, we're going to go out. We're going to enjoy ourselves. Um, went into where the red light district is. But I stumbled into that. I didn't even know it was there. Okay. <laughs> seriously. Stumbled, yeah. No, genuinely stumbled. I went, I went into a cafe, or cafe, whatever you call it. Um, she bought the weed, started rolling it up, and uh, she's a whiskey drinker. So she just said, um, do you want to go get some alcohol? I went, yeah, yeah, cool. I'll go find a shop. So... I left the cafe, I walked around the corner, and I just see all lights, red lights. <laughs> so I just walking towards them, and then I'm like, looking to my, to my left, and I thought, topless girl, topless girl, topless girl. I know exactly where I am. <laughs> and as I've gone right into the shop, walked in, and I just can't find any alcohol. Right. Loads of like bongs and like weed accessories, blunts, uh, sweets, everything that you'd ever need whilst being high, but I couldn't find alcohol. And if I did find alcohol, you know, like the mixer drinks, like the um, Jack Daniels ones, like yeah. that, they had lemonade flavour and stuff. It was really weird. Uh -huh. Loads of different flavours and exclusive looking stuff. Um, so I thought I fucked that off. Uh -huh. I went back to meet her and I just said, look, we're going to have to find this together. We need like a proper liquor store because I can't find one. Right. And um, she was like, yeah, yeah, cool. We started smoking this joint. By the way, it was a, it was a system of one to five. And she smokes weed anyways, so we went for the fight. <laughs> well, if you're going to go in Amsterdam, you know, you might as well do it right, you know. <laughs> it was just like, might as well go out with a bang, fuck it. <laughs> Literally, um, the first time I ever smoked weed, I was 15 years old, and I was at college. I was doing a, a multi-skills course. Um, it was a guy called Lewis Verk who gave me my first ever joint, and it was a... AK-47? Okay, 47. Or is it some purple haze? I have no idea. Right. I don't even think he knew. <laughs> he was young. So um, it was on our lunch break. We had our first joint, and I got exactly the same feelings from when I took a pull with this 
um, weed, and there was no tobacco in it. This was just puree, puree. Yeah, 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 all the way. Yeah. I, I don't get the tobacco. Was it in a blunt, I assume. Um, when no, you rolled it in paper? No, she had paper, she rolled it up. Okay, so she <laughs> she didn't have a blunt, you yeah. had it in paper. God, that's got to be hard to burn. No, no, it wasn't actually that bad. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, so like, um, we're walking down this other street, we went away from the red light district, took a poor disjoint. I thought, oh, every feeling that I got first time. So yeah, you can replicate a first feeling. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay. Literally wow. like, damn. Ended up... Oh, well, apologies to rephrase. Yeah, yes. man. No, you can. You can. Honestly, it was, it was nuts. So we got to, the, um, got to the shop to buy the alcohol. And I wasn't high until I went in the shop. And what, what should have taken me two seconds to walk up to the counter and go, Jack Daniels, Coke, pay, walk out. So it felt like I was in there for a day. <laughs> I literally just... Just staring at everything. I thought, God damn. And she's outside smoking this joint. So... Um, I got everything. I don't think you was allowed to smoke the joints in public out there. I don't think you are, but I don't think people care. Right, okay. So, um, I've got the alcohol now, which took me forever. Mm-hmm. Come back outside, and she's just standing there staring into the abyss. Right. And I'm thinking, <laughs> you're right. But she, she nearly, literally, we, we carried on walking. She nearly got hit by a bike. <laughs> saved her life, pulled her out of the way. Wow. Like, it was crazy. And every shop that we went into at this point, we tried getting a pizza because we're starving at this point. Munchies have kicked in. Mm-hmm. And we walked past restaurant after restaurant after restaurant. And all my mind kept saying, this is too many people. Mm-hmm. Like, I just want to get back in bed, live in my hotel, snuggle up in my covers and so eat some that, sweets. That's that weed paranoia. Yeah, proper. I just thought, no, too many people. I don't care. Just get me out of here. We ended up finding, which actually went back to that first shop on the red light district that I went into and went in there. This is why everyone's a salesman. I got 70 euros worth of sweets. Because <laughs> I'm high. <laughs> like, I, got, I, spent, I, spent, I spent 45 euros on whiskey, big ass bottle, and I spent 70 euros on sweets. Fuck knows what I pay for cabs. <laughs> I spent all of my money on the first day. <laughs> I only went away with like 300. But all in one night. Yeah, <laughs> so literally, <laughs> I don't know how it happened, but I know how it happened. I got high, right. but yeah, I don't know how it happened. In my brain, it was like I can hear my sensible adult voice uh-huh. saying, "You shouldn't do this. Uh-huh. You shouldn't do this, but you're gonna do it." Right, okay. So uh, let's have a thing. Yeah, so we went into the shop, getting the sweets, and this guy pulls us to one side, and he's like, uh, "He's like, you want to try shroom?" And I'm just thinking, you "Want to try shroom?" I'm like. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, actually, no, I was, I was so, like, the way you'd done it, like, if you'd have sold me something, you'd have done it in a happy way. You'd have, like, how I'd have approached this to people in Amsterdam, this is how I'd sell shrooms. I'd go, right, they're high. You're not going to want to neg them out. You're not going to want to, like, pull them to one side. You're going to make this seem like the best experience in the world. So you're going to sell these shrooms like you've never sold anything before in your life. Right. You're just going to say, this is going to make you feel fucking euphoric. You're going to love it. You're going to trip. You're, it's going to be like you've taken seven Viagras. You're going to fuck for weeks. Like, it's literally like you want to you wanna sell it. Right. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I don't know how much that sold it for other people, but I'm there. <laughs> but literally, he pulled me to one side and he went, All right, we've got this one. This one uh, is going to put you in a trip for about four hours. Uh, this one about six. These are really strong. This one's about 30 minutes. And my brain is just going, oh my God. God, he's talking way too fast. <laughs> like, right, right. slow down. Oh, yeah. like, I don't need this. My parrot heart's going like, <laughs> and I'm looking at, the, um, I'm looking at, who I'm with, and I'm just thinking, oh my fucking god. Like, she looks like she's paranoid and doesn't want to try it. Uh-huh. I'm sitting there like, bro, I just want my sweets. Like, I'm, I'm hungry. <laughs> just leave me alone. Um, I didn't buy the shrooms. I just said, nah, I'm coming here for sweets. Like, I've already spent 70 euros on sweets. I don't even know how much this is going to cost. Right. It's probably going to cost me double for them shrooms. So I just thought, nah, I'll bun that off. He looks so pissed off. When you know when, like, you say, you address the elephant in the room and the whole energy just goes... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I hated every moment of that. So I got my sweets, put it in a bag, paid for it. My heart's even sunk even more because I've gone, I've definitely got no money. I don't know how the fuck I'm going to get back to that. I can't get over how you spend 70 quid on sweets. I've still got them indoors. <laughs> like we didn't finish them we had so much that's all we've eaten today I had some uh, milk chocolate like cookie things right. for breakfast and uh, a Spanish omelette <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so we left there and now even the next problem that I faced was my phone screen the whole bottom half of it stopped working right. so I couldn't put my passcode in because it got zeros on it well your phone is on life support 
basically. He's yeah. <laughs> yeah. fucked. Yeah. I've got my old phone back. But um, yeah, we're, we're trying to get a cab now and we're swapping over sims and it's just nothing's working. Her Uber's not working. Um, my Uber's not working. I'm thinking, God, like this is just peak. Luckily, I had 60 euros in cash which I gave to her. She's got in her purse. So I thought, wicked, let's go get a cab. So we managed to get a cab back to the hotel. How far away was you from the the hotel to like Amsterdam town centre? Felt like we was about four hours away. Reality was 10 minutes. (laughs) What was it then, really? We could have, but not in the state that we were. (laughs) We got back to the hotel, slept it off. My birthday, I spent drinking the whiskey Uh and just getting completely caned. Then I went for a pizza in the evening and we crossed this bridge, walked down this canal, found a lovely uh, part. There's like houses, but they're on the water. It was so beautiful. Yeah, there was some really beautiful places in Amsterdam. I'd go back to Amsterdam not high yeah. or doing anything illicit and just enjoy the scenery, the sights, because there's so much more to it I think if you're going to go, I wouldn't necessarily go to Amsterdam. Mm. I'd go and explore Holland. Yeah, 100%. Because there's this, I, I, I think it's in Holland, right? Mm. There... Basically, where Holland's really flat, mm. it had a tendency to flood. Mm. Um, but I believe that they used the flooding power for their energy. Yeah. Because there's water everywhere. Yeah, but they've got like these windmills mm. that are sort of on these tiered levels. I'm not exactly sure what they're used for. Mm. I, I think it has something to do with energy production. Yeah, I can imagine. proper like old school windmills on these flat planes. Uh, funnily enough, if you go to like Norwich and Norfolk itself, it's very flat up there. Mm. Like, you remember when we've gone away to Great Yarmouth and stuff, the roads are <laughs> that's just... A, that's another story. <laughs> the roads are just flat, but they, they dug the canals and done sort of similar thing over there, but I believe that that was inspired from what they did in Holland. But I could, I could be wrong. As I said, nothing on this show is technically factual. <laughs> yeah, but, um, even what I'm telling you. <laughs> I, see, see, see a, few, a few friends of ours have been out there, right, and some of my work colleagues have been as well, and I thought there was very strict laws on where you could smoke weed. I believe that if you go to a cafe and smoke weed, you can't go into a pub and drink. Yeah, like, I believe that you can't have a joint in a pub. That's what I mean. Like, you can fucking get stoned and go and drink, mm. but if you're in there, that you can't roll up or whatever. Like, the pub and the, uh, and the weed are separate. Well, yeah, well, I, th- I thought you couldn't walk down the streets and smoke. Yeah, I thought that as well. Yeah, but we did. Yeah, but and it just, looked, no, it looked like... You're ev- just hoodlums. No, but everyone looked like they was. Right, okay. Maybe he was just high. But it lit- literally, you could tell when someone was being a tourist. Right. And there's a lot of Londoners out there as well, you could tell. Yeah. Because there was a lot of road people. When I was walking around on my own looking uh, for the alcohol first, before I was high, mm-hmm. and looking at people, I just thought, South London. <laughs> like, you, you just knew. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just stereotyping people. <laughs> but no, that, that last um, experience was, we were 10 minutes from the hotel, mm-hmm. and it literally felt like after we smoked half of the joint that we had, Fuck, it took hours to get back. Hey, joint. Yeah, you don't need any more. It was plus five. (laughs) What even is plus five? I don't even know. No, it was five, but it felt like plus five. Like it just done you. I don't know how they're doing the grades though. Like, and neither do I. I don't even know what was in it, but it was the best high I've ever had. Over here, you can get like weed Mm. or skunk. No, it wasn't like weed here. I mean, saying that, it felt like the first time I ever tried weed, maybe because it give me the same sort of high but it didn't I can't I can't even explain it it just felt like a warm hug <laughs> like everything was just epic even when we come back in the morning because I knew that coach journey was going to be so long right this this is funny we've probably all done this we packed all of our stuff we got uh, the food we got the drink I even went down to the bar in the morning got a fresh like big bottle of water and we've got everything sorted ready to go and we thought, right, what we do is we've got the last of this joint. We'll smoke it before we get on the bus. And then we can go back. We can have a nice sleep. Wake up at Dover. Passport check. Boom. And be back in the country. Okay. In a perfect world, that would have happened. So we got to the coach station. We smoked the joint. And we're putting our bags on the coach. And I go, have you got the water? And she goes, no. I thought you had the water. And now I'm like, my whole brain just went, Ugh! and I thought, I've got the whiskey. <laughs> but I ain't drinking that. <laughs> Literally, was just fucked my whole life up. So we sat on the coach. The first 20 minutes felt like two days. <laughs> I'm mean, like, I'm tasting like, you know, we, you're like trying to get moisture out of your mouth. Yeah. I'm sitting like that. 
fuck. <laughs> like, and she went into a bag and she pulled out these two weed lollipops. They were a godsend. I swear, it's just literally sucking it and I'm just thinking, oh, I'm so happy I've got this lolly. I'm so happy. A Explain lolly. a weed lollipop to me. Okay, so one of them um, has chewing gum inside of it. So the only way I can explain it is when you're eating this lollipop, it's all the senses in your brain are just tingling. It's like, a, I don't know how to, how can I put it into words? It's, it's like you can almost taste the, the weed. Right, okay. There's probably not weed in it, but it just gets you more high. It's like it just plays with your senses. Because I've, when had, you, I've, when I've you had get like hash chewing, brownies back in the day. Yeah, no, okay, yeah, because I've, I've had them before I went to school before. Right. Yeah, no, it's like that. It's just like, it's a good boy. Yeah, really. <laughs> I had them before I went to school. <laughs> Back in the day. God, I sound like a drug addict. <laughs> I swear, I, I never do this. <laughs> this is not a vodcast, it's counselling with Lousy. <laughs> Hi, my name's Lousy, I'm an alcoholic. Hi, I'm Z, and I'm a weed addict. <laughs> no, um, no, I generally don't. I don't smoke a lot, so it's probably why it hit me even more. But yeah, the, um, the lollipop, just it just does you in. Like, especially when you get to the chewing gum part and you can taste it. If you bite into the lolly, it just gets stuck in your teeth and you're sitting there, you're just like, <laughs> trying to get it out, man. It's so crazy. But um, yeah, that that happened. And then we stopped off at the McDonald's. Then that happened. Right. So I think they're kind of like the highlights I can talk about. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that, how much did that kill? It killed about 20 minutes. So the, so, so the rest you're not willing to disclose, don't uh-huh. you? <laughs> But yeah, so, too, too much of this stuff. So, good. So would you would you recommend Amsterdam again? Then would you? Would you... I'd, I'd say I'm going back to Amsterdam, but I'm not going back to get high. Mm-hmm. I'm going purely for the scenery, and also I want to go back with a license so I can drive and just go explore it because it's too expensive in cabs. It's just too expensive. I've, I've done so much money in cabs, and they're not really car friendly out there, though, are they? I think they charge extra in their Ubers because well, probably because you get in as a foreigner. Yeah, no, they yeah they amp up the fare definitely, yeah. but it would be nice. I think it's on my bucket list to do now. Just going out there and sort of just taking a spontaneous trip. It was like if I could drive mm-hmm. in these other countries, mm-hmm. then I'd just explore it. I'd love to just get a car, go over to Dover, get the ferry across, or the Euro train, whatever it. Because I got the is it that back. simple? And they like and their laws on that. Like, don't you have to be driving for a certain amount of time, or can you just get a license here and then go drive in a foreign country? I don't. I hope you can. I mean, I've done the road trip before with um, Dean coming back from Spain. That was that was amazing. Uh-huh. Yeah, it'd just be nice and just to stop off in different places because I don't necessarily like going to um, commercialized areas and cities. Right. It's what's the point? You've got everything that you've got in Amsterdam and London. Yeah, of course. The only course, difference course. is you can smoke weed and walk around allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> you can do that here as well. Yeah, exactly. I mean. I'm not going to say I have. <laughs> God, that sounds so bad. I would say I wouldn't recommend it, but you can smoke weed and walk around here. I think it's just tolerated. I think that's all the differences out there. But yeah, I'd just like to go into the, um, the rural areas. Do you think there will come a time when we'll have, uh, we'll have weed legalised over here? Um, I think it's a possibility. I think it is, but yeah, I, I don't know. I just think it's, it's a type of weed that shouldn't, be allowed to be smoked all the time. There are there's some weeds out there that just fuck you up. It just you're conked out. You can't do anything. I know it's some people smoke and function on it, but then we're all different. You can't. It's like um, pills that they give you in the chemist and stuff. I've been taking Naproxen recently because my tooth just absolutely kills. First time I took it, I have really bad stomach aches and like it felt like someone was punching me in the stomach continuously. Now I don't get that. Well, I've got to say, painkillers, especially things like Cocodamol, Naproxim, um, anything like that, it, <coughs> it clogs you up. Yeah. It clogs you up. That's why you're going to get stomach pain. Mm. But you will build up an intolerance to it. Yeah. You know, like I forget who, who spoke about smoking a joint with um, Snoop Dogg. I forget who it was. Who went, who was it? I can't remember now, but basically someone <coughs> was with Snoop Dogg like someone famous or like a YouTuber, I forget who it was, but Snoop Dogg handed them a joint and they were like, they don't smoke weed, but they smoked it anyway. Ah, oh, the uh, the farmer. Well, who is this? Go on. It was a, there was a guy who smoked with Snoop and he brought him backstage. 
Was it that? No, that might no, be another person. No, it's not that guy, but I, I, I forget who this dude was that actually was with Snoop Dogg, yeah? Mm. And he said, like, Snoop Dogg <coughs> handed him a joint and he smoked it. And we, he took, like, two to three pulls mm. and then handed it back. And he said that was it. Like, his night was game over. <laughs> like, he was high as anything. He said, but Snoop Dogg was, like, joint after joint after joint oh, after joint after joint after joint after joint. You know, but obviously he's got such an intolerance mm. that it doesn't affect him. Like, I find as well, like, I had an old friend back in the day that used to... Love smoking weed, like we'd smoke it. <laughs> a friend. <laughs> it wasn't me. We'd smoke it religiously. But if he if he hadn't had a joint, yeah. he was an arsehole. Yeah. It was like he needed that joint to just put him on the straight and narrow. Yeah. Very See, for me, that's where it becomes a problem. Because I don't think people should not be able to function sober. And that's that's why um I mean I I drunk on my birthday, but I hadn't drunk for ages. Right. I see you're in the shop now. What are you getting? What are you getting? As you were saying that, you know, you don't think it's right that people can't function <laughs> sober, I thought I'd take the comic timing to get the Stella Artois out of the fridge. Other brands are available. And, uh, <laughs> Other brands are available. <laughs> no, but, okay, so, difference is, I know that you can function without a beer. Yeah. Yeah, but some people will wake up in the morning and their life depends on that first sip. That's, and what, say that's called being an alcoholic. No, of course, but I feel like, for me, I couldn't live like that. Like, I drunk on my birthday and the next day my head so it just goes, I'm going to die. Like, I can't, it's not a hangover, it's emotional just says, no, I, no I, you don't want to touch this ever again. I can completely understand that. That's why I drink water. Because other options are not available. <laughs> when I've, uh, well, there is actually, but um, I wouldn't recommend tap water, which is just had. Uh, yeah. Cancer. I would, I would say that I, I completely get what you're saying with the drinking, and then I, I, I mean, I know I joke about it, but it is like bone crushing depression. Yeah. You know, it's anxiety and all this, and then you, you relate it to the drink. Mm. But I think what the drink is actually doing is opening your your brain in that state that you've got yourself into. It's allowing all of the stuff that when you're sober you can suppress. Yeah. So say you're, say you're unhappy, I don't know, that you're, you, you don't like your job, mm. right? You go out for a couple of beers, you get home, you stumble into bed, <clears> your fucking room's spinning, you put your foot on the floor, that's a technique, right? If you put your foot on the floor, so if you're laying in the bed, put a foot on the floor, it stops the room from spinning. <laughs> Professional advice from Dan, the yeah. alcoholic. <laughs> but I think that then the drunk you starts bringing all the bad stuff to the surface, right? Mm. But you don't notice it because you're fucked. Yeah. Right, you're absolutely out of but it. My, mine isn't when you in wake the moment. up, no, 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 no. I'm not saying it's in the moment. Then when you wake up the next day, because all of that, imagine it like bubbles in a drink, right? Mm. <laughs> Using the analogy of alcohol, the bubbles of the bad shit have popped to the surface, but you're fucked. Mm. So there's this coat of alcohol over it. Mm. When you wake up in the morning, it's right there on the surface. The alcohol's been peeled away. Yeah. The hangovers there, and then all of them emotions that, are, that the alcohol's brought to the surface yeah. are right there in the forefront, and that's why you feel like shit. The real truth, the truth of the matter is you should then take that feeling like shit and think, right, why do I feel like this? Don't blame it on the alcohol. Yeah. These issues that you're feeling, yeah. they've been brought to the surface for a reason. The alcohol has been the vice to bring it to the surface. Yeah. What people do, this is what turns people into alcoholics, them feelings get brought to the surface and they want to suppress them. Yeah. So they drink another drink. Yeah. And they push them back down. And the cycle goes over. Yeah. But now that they're drinking, they're doing more things that they probably didn't want to do, mm. making more bad decisions, fucking up their life even more. So every single time it just pushes them back to the drink. So what would you say is a a way to combat that? Well Do you reckon you should talk to people? I'm I'm no expert when it comes to <laughs> dealing with feelings mm. because I do tend to bottle a lot a lot of my issues up inside. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think it's very common mm. with men nowadays that <laughs> That it, it's sort of ingrained in us from a young age. You've got to be matter. You, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that, that Dad went to me, oh, you can never talk about your feelings. Dad, Dad he, he raises us to have an opinion. Dad always, Dad always says you can always, you know, talk about how you feel, whatever. Mm. But it's the societal norm yeah. as a man to not speak about how you feel. Yeah. And I think a lot of men bottle their, bottle their problems. Yeah. Turn to drink, turn to drugs. Not for recreational and fun you. To basically suppress mm. how they feel, right? Yeah. Um, so when you say to me what do I think the answer is I think we've just got to be more open as men well I had to do a tour up and down the country talking about um, mental health internet safety and stuff like that and it shocked me how many 
kids from the age of like 12 to 16 are all suicidal. And like, God, you think when I was younger, we go out, we drink and like just get pissed up in a park and have a laugh and do stuff like that. I never really thought about how emotional we all were. Yeah. Because when you're together and you're in a moment, it's all a laugh. But then if you think back to it, bloody hell, I was actually really depressed as a teenager. Yeah, 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 yeah. All no, the music that. and stuff like that. And you go back and you really listen to it. And you thought, wow, I was in a space. I didn't even want to go to school. I mean, my, my attendance for school was so low that I had Ofsted and people like that ringing me up. I had governor's report and they'd be like, where are you? Why are you not going in? And then... I thought I did good when I didn't go in for like eight weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I missed probably the majority of year seven and year eight. Like just weren't in school whatsoever. I was unfit. You turned out right? <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. I'm not a role model. But I had to be. When I go into these schools and I tell these kids that, um, I think they, they listen to you more because they think... Yeah, oh, tell us about it. Obviously, I know about it. But yeah. tell, so what, what have you done, Mike? Okay, so we basically, we start off by telling the kids about why they shouldn't post up their... Go on, what do you want to say? No, I was just going to say, like, tell it... So basically, I'll, I'll break it down as the host. So with his record label, they do performances at schools. And they used to do performances at schools. Like, what was it sort of... What sort of age group are we talking about? We're, we're talking literally... Early teens... We're talking from year seven to post-16. Year, year seven to post-16. So they'll go around, they'll do a performance, uh, him and uh, Jack Rose, he's another guy on the label. And then after the performance, they will talk about bullying, they'll talk about social media, yeah. like, and they'll basically give the kids a little bit of an education. So the kids get to see a performance, they get to hear some of their favourite songs, you get to do your thing, and then you educate the kids. So go and take us through it. Yeah, so I saying that, it's, it's really weird as well, because although we had a formula in the way that we was going to perform it, you had to cater that to the area. So, like, I've, I've been to private schools. There's a place, I think it's the Breckens or Breckens or something. This is in Wales. This is like a school. isn't it? Some, someone will correct me. Yeah, I can't remember, but there's Like a... Alan did, he correct me on, you know that place in Scotland? Yeah. Yeah, he, he tweeted at us and he said, yeah, that's not how you pronounce it. I forget how he said it now. But I said... We're letting I... our Scottish side down. Yeah, as soon as, I, as, soon as, <laughs> as soon as I said it, I said I knew I butchered it, but carry on. So but, thank you, Alan. Yeah, so there's, there's a private school. I'm instantly thinking, oh, this is bad. I thought we was going to go in there. They was going to take one look at us and just thought, common as arseholes. Like, we ain't going to listen to nothing that these kids say. And they were the most attentive, like, they just got on with it and I'm thinking now the teachers ain't going to let them get up they were dancing they're going nuts they're like literally they formed a line and they was dancing behind each other and then it just went round in a big circle Jack even got involved in it we've got all of this stuff on cameras it was wicked man it was really good but I mean they weren't too bad but then you go into places in Wales and stuff and there was a kid who come up to me um, after we did this talk um, about internet safety and like certain things that people would say online would make kids feel a certain way. And there was actually people in that school that had commit suicide because of what people had said to their classmates had said to them. And he, he come up to me and he went, um, Oh yeah, my, my brother is an alcoholic. Um, he's doing, he's doing, uh, taking drugs. I can't tell anyone. So he come up to me of all people. So I'm essentially like taking the big brother role now. Yeah. And he's telling me everything about his family. I won't go into too much detail, but like he literally put it on me and I thought, oh, what do you say? Like, I can't brush him off. So I'm literally, I just took the time out. Everyone's thinking, where's he? Like, what, what's he doing? I'm just talking. You, you didn't say no, but we can take a selfie. <laughs> no, I would, I, no, it was so deep. Even, the, all right, so the first, this is the one that stuck out for me the most. And this is the one I can get really deep into because this hit me in the fields. It's the first day that we'd um, done this talk. I'd never done any public speaking in my life. I've had like probably two months to prepare. So I've got the script down, but I've got the script down to people who know it also. So they're reacting at certain times. The room could be deadpan. And if you make a joke and no one laughs, that's awkward. And you've got to style it out. You've just got to keep moving. So it's like my life. <laughs> just a walking joke. No, but um, Jack was giving his uh, point about times that he'd been bullied in the past. And this boy is 12 years old and he calls out, you're not the only one. And the whole room just silence. And I'm thinking, act, act, do something, do something. You can't just stand here. So I was like, who's that? Who called out? Put your hand up. He's put his hand up. Um, I've gone over to him. I've given him the microphone. I said, do you want to share your views and opinions on what's going on? Wow, put a kid in the spot. You know what I mean? No, but he, he said, yeah. He went, 
uh, these people, like people in the room, they've been bullying me, they beat me up, they call me names, they do wow. this and do that. And he's like streaming with tears. Wow. And it was so powerful. Like anything that we'd have said in that whole demonstration would have just been like, whatever. But the fact that he did that and then we added to it, just the impact of it was nuts. I don't think there was any more bullying for the rest of that day. I don't know about the next day because kids forget shit like that. But I don't think anyone had said anything horrible to him. Um, but it was like, I couldn't do anything else, but I just put my arm around him. I went, don't worry. I almost felt like I broke character for a minute. I'm like, you fucking tell me who they are. <laughs> I'm just fucking, I'll get him outside the gate. Just, yeah, I'll probably, I'll probably get done for punching a 13 year old or 12 year old in the face, but some of them just deserve it. <laughs> but, I love this. He's, he's a, you know, going there teaching his kids morals and he's going to beat them up around no, the back of the building. No, do you know? All right. So coming out of that, I, I don't even know if you can blame parents for a lot of it. I just think some people are just arseholes. Like, what, why would, what do you get out of waking up in the morning and being abusive to other people? Like, what the sort of fucked up shit is going through your mind where you just want to say, I'm going to make your life hell today because sounds, you deserve it? I know it sounds cliche, cliche but I think the, it's true what they say, that people that tend to bully or pick on other people... I've got a lot of personal issues within themselves. Yeah, talk about it. Yeah, but that's that's the problem. They're not talking about it. Mm. They're lashing out and bullying people. Mm. Now, obviously, there are some people out there that don't have any issues or problems. Mm. They just like to bully people. Yeah, so, those people should have been smuggled about. Yeah, but see, I, I I think everyone deserves a chance, regardless of whether you're a bully or you have bullied someone. I think that everyone should be given their chance because I don't know. Have, have you ever bullied someone? Uh, yeah, probably. Why did you believe that? No, I mean, probably. I mean, the thing is, when I was younger, I, I was quite um, quick-witted. So I used to just rip people. Like, if I felt like someone was being a bit of an idiot, or even if someone was just minding their own business, and they said something, I'd just cut them down to size, you know? The, the first time that you met um, Rephrase, and I think I forget who else he was with, you were sitting on the porch outside our old house, smoking a fag with your long blonde hair, and the first thing that you said to him was, fuck me, I'm seeing chaps. <laughs> and that was it. And he always remembers it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, I've calmed down a lot as I've got older, but I used to be quite, verbally, verbally I could probably bully someone and make them feel quite small. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm sure that I've probably bullied some people that have gone home and had a cry about it. But I've never physically hit someone. I don't know what's worse, actually, you know. Being picked on and being physically hit and assaulted, or being verbally abused. I, f- I think, I think you can get punched in the face, uh. and eventually you go numb to it. <laughs> I know it sounds nuts, but like, I think words are a lot more powerful than, like, if you wake up every day and you you're going to school, for instance, go back to the kids, and you're calling someone in the class fat. And you call them fat all the way until they leave school. Uh-huh. That's going to be embedded in like the most important, yeah, no, no, in the most important years of their life, yeah. when their brain is just like glue and taking everything in. Uh-huh. All they're going to see is uh, equals MC squared. I'm fat. <laughs> one plus one is two. I'm fat. <laughs> just everything. Uh-huh. PE. I'm fat. They probably become so self-conscious and fucked up. Whereas if you just went in school and punched them in the arm every day, eventually they're going to punch you back. Like the words, they it might take them ages. They might never respond to words. But I if you punch someone, you're eventually you're gonna fuck you. I suppose, I suppose that's why the uh, saying "sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me." When in reality, it's the other way around. It's the other way around. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's 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 deep, man. It's deep. I mean, unfortunately, it's just part of human nature. There's always going to be someone out there that wants to impose their their self on somebody else. Yeah, you know, and I don't think there's much we can do. To combat that or change that, you know. Well, I've, you no, try to at school, at the schools. Well, I think the school system's outdated to fuck, and I think they should change that massively. There was a, a TED Talks thing. It was a ten-year-old boy, um, and he's he was homeschooled, and by twelve, um, his parents had helped him set up his own snowboarding business. Okay. I mean, yeah, money in it clearly, but it's the fact that he didn't go to a public school. He could. Uh, speaks a couple languages, he's got his own business, Mm -hmm. and it's just, his world must just be so positive. Uh I don't know how you give it to people who've got nothing to give them the chance to 
like going to do great stuff. I, I think I don't think being poor is a disadvantage. I think that sometimes that makes people strive mm-hmm. to get out. Oh of yeah, it. yeah, yeah. I don't. I think it, it helps if you've got someone that's got a lot of money. Like Bill Gates' children are never going to have to want for anything. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I suppose. That, what do you think? Like, say, Dad grew up in tower blocks, uh-huh. for instance, yeah. in Camberwell yeah. Masterman House. Yeah. So. Do you reckon he got his work ethic from that or the way he's been raised? Because I feel like me and you come from where we've come from. We're not exactly <laughs> get up and go. <laughs> we didn't have to really struggle for no, anything. I mean, mean go past the, the whole divorce stuff. I think then that's when we had life changed rapidly for me. I got everything all the way up until 10. Uh-huh. And then after that, it was like, fucking hell, I can't believe I'm scraping the bottom of the bar. I lived in a nice house, but I didn't have anything. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So I felt like I related to the, the hoodlums. A lot more because I thought, fucking hell, some of these guys have got nicer shit than me. <laughs> I, I, I think it's a, a collection of things. I mean, you can have someone that's brought up, you know, in a working class family that have got absolutely nothing, mm. you know, and they amount to nothing because they choose not to. Mm. Or you get someone from exactly the same background and walk of life and they go on to be, you know, a massive entrepreneur earning millions and upon millions of pounds every year. Mm. I think it's, it's down to who you are as a person more than anything else. Yeah. You know, I mean, I look at some people like uh, there's a guy that I watch on YouTube called Jim Sterling, yeah. and uh, he actually comes from um, Erith. Funnily enough, he lives <laughs> in, he lives in America now, but he's from Erith originally. Um, but he his mum and dad pretty much didn't want him. Um, he's got absolutely shit memories. He speaks about his childhood sometimes about how sort of rubbish it was. Mm. And now he's gone on to be a successful games journalist on YouTube and making money through that. He's moved to the states. His parents want to know him now. Well, no, well, I don't know, but but my thing is, he had a, what what sounded like a really shit upbringing, but he's made something of himself. So I think it's um, I think it's down to the person. It's down to the individual. Deep one there. You said everyone deserves a second chance yeah. if they're bullying someone. Do you reckon his parents deserve a second chance for completely disowning him? Um, well, would you apply that same? Principle? I mean, it's a, it's a bit rich from me considering that I don't fucking speak to our mother. <laughs> that was gonna, uh, that's what I was saying. But no, I, I mean, I think it's. Um, yeah, everyone does deserve a second chance, but it, you've got to be willing to give it. <laughs> Fair play. <laughs> you, know, you can deserve, deserving, I mean, let's put it this way, does Adolf Hitler deserve a second chance? No. <laughs> no. So my theory is, is fucked. <laughs> Damn, I think that's the first time I've sworn on here. I've got to say, I, I want to give a big shout out to SP uh, for hooking us up on RTM Radio. Um, Saturdays at nine o'clock. Now, obviously, we discussed on the last time that um, we were past the watershed, which yeah. which is correct. But he did say to me that we can get repeated throughout the week. Oh. So he's had to go through each of the last two episodes and cut out every single swear word. Jesus. Yeah. Again, he's probably gonna have to cut that out. <laughs> so uh, I just Jesus, right? I, no, it's just blaspheming. I think. So uh, I want to just I want to just apologise to SP and say hopefully you enjoy doing this one as well. Cheers, mate. <laughs> no, so oh man sp god that takes me back as well no. since we're going in, back into the past i remember the first time that i recorded uh, sps when it, it wasn't even in the studio that there, is there now it was in his bedroom and i went there um with ross and i, f- I remember him meeting me at the slate i was only god i, I think i was 13 and I went into a studio, uh-huh. and I'll never forget this, and he doesn't probably even know this to this day. I picked up the headphones, and one of the headphones, it might have been the right side or the left side, become detached. And I, I've got the headphones that I'm recording, and I'm just thinking, oh my God, I've broken this guy's headphones. I'm so embarrassed right now. Luckily, it went back in, so it must have just clips in clips out but I didn't know because I'd never had that we didn't even we just turned the speakers down mm-hmm. and used our pan mics in our rooms and rap so you can hear the beat but you can't get into it we didn't even have headphones yeah man that's oh, it's mad <laughs> but, um, explain it. <laughs> yeah no I'm, tr- I'm trying to be um, a good boy more conscious of it but um, yeah no good times I, I remember recording in his bedroom and thinking God, I am something right now. Mm-hmm. And it's so mad because technically I'm just going into another bedroom. But it was it was SP Studios. Yeah. I think it might have been when he used the tag SP Mafia on buttons. Well, F- like, SP, SP Mafia on buttons! Like, we're going 
back, man. And all the artists from around the area that are sort of holding high regard, I knew they recorded there as well. So I felt like I'm a part of something. I'm probably the youngest out of everyone to go there. And when I met the people in the area, I got treated like I was in with them. Yeah, I was never younger, but I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But funny enough, I think, I mean, SP, for those that don't know, he's, um, he's got a studio in, in Plumstead. Yes. Uh, and I think Which is not the bedroom anymore. It's, it's not the bedroom sick. anymore. But I think every single person that's ever done music in and around sort of South East London has probably at some point been graced by SP. Yeah, he does a lot for Greenwich. Yeah, I mean, he does a hell of a lot for Greenwich. Mm. I mean, and a hell of a lot for Thamesmead, a hell of a lot for mm. Plumstead, you know. I, I, I think every single person in the local area knows who SP is. Yeah, and if they don't, I'll be shocked. Yeah, yeah. and that's why, so I'm going to raise a toast to SP. Thanks. Yeah, and uh, give it a shake. That's it. So uh, thank you for sorting this one out for us, SP. Mad. So what else has been going on with you this week? Is there anything else that you want to cover? It's just been eat, sleep, beer, repeat. Eat. Oh yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> you can't even see that in the camera, can you? No, I can't see that in the camera. No, just for those that don't know, he's talking about there's a poster on my wall, wall, a picture frame. It says eat, we, sleep, beer, repeat. No, we haven't, which we can bring up. Okay. Uh, let me just grab the story. I don't want to be um, trying to recite something that I can't remember. So basically, the WWF, that's not the World Wide Wrestling Federation. That is, <laughs> with uh, the panda. What's that? With the panda. Uh, it's the one with the panda. Um, <laughs> not many of them what is it? Either. World Wildlife Federation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Uh, not, not Wrestling Federation. <laughs> They're WWE now. Um, but they've just reported that 60% of the world's wildlife has been wiped out since 1970 due to uh, human activity. Mm. It's crazy when you think about it. And even if you feel like you're not physically killing them because you're consuming stuff, you're playing your part. Yeah. Uh, plastics killing the fish in yeah, the ocean, yeah, 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 yeah. all part of it, even if we're not physically throwing it. Well, that's, in what, the it ocean. Says, that's what it says human activity. Yeah. I mean, that, by the way, that, them dates were between 1970 and 2014. So it's not even taken up to up to. Not even a lifetime. No, so I mean, technically, it could be it could be more that we've wiped out. You know, I mean, it's crazy when you actually think about it. It's like we are we don't own Earth. But we act like we do. We don't own Earth. This this is a this is a planet that we've evolved on, mm. right? We are just very very lucky mm. that we happen to have evolved on a planet that sustains life. Yeah. Right? Technically, we are chimpanzee, mm. right? I mean, there's three percent difference between us and a chimpanzee DNA, right? Mm. And we call ourselves intelligent. But you see what we do to this planet; it just boggles my mind. You know, Is, isn't it only just a small handful of big corporations that run it all and make it how it is? Okay, let's take that analogy then. So you've got us. <laughs> you've got say four, five, six big corporations, mm. right? And they're the ones that are running the show. Mm. They're the ones that are polluting. But every single one of us is consuming from the big companies. corporations. Yeah. If we if we didn't consume from them, if mm. everyone said no, fuck this, we actually that's a shocking figure. Sixty percent of the world's wildlife just wiped out, eradicated yeah. for no yeah. other good reason yeah. than us. We ripped down their fucking wildlife. We ripped down their forests. We fucking hunt them for no reason whatsoever, right? Mm. And I don't want to sound like a big fucking hippie, but. Please do it, me. But it, but it's, it's it's madness. It's absolutely madness. But we we all we're all part of the system. We're all part of that system that enables this to happen. Yeah. You know. And until until society as a whole radically wants to change, it's only going. It's, to it's either going to be before. Well, society have to make a choice and say that we are not going to do this anymore. We're not going to consume this stuff, and we found another way to do it. Mm-hmm. Or the companies need to go. Well, right. We're going to. No, until, until it runs out, until it runs out, and then we're all fucked. And then they're going to go, well, we've got this solution now. But they've probably bought a load of inventions and stuff, that inventions even, that are just there, ready to go, that don't fuck up the planet. Um, it's probably a renewable energy source, and it's probably all there for the taking, but they just don't use it because it's going to cost too much money to change over. Mm. Like, isn't there that guy that... Um, he had it's something to do with the magnetic field in the Earth. I think you might have showed me this at some point. Um, and he, he can get renewable energy from 
the magnetism. I don't know how he, I couldn't even explain it, but I'm sure I watched something like that. He's got a renewable energy source in his house, and he's also got. What do you mean um, a renewable energy source in his house? So, so like he can use his energy, but he's constantly recycling it. It's like a box. I was watching it on YouTube before. Okay. I, could, I don't even know if I could find that video, but he's also got. Um, Wind turbine on on his house right. and solar panels and stuff. Oh, and mate, people were coming to his house and saying that you can't have that because it's against the law of where he is. Well, I mean, I know, that, no, but you can live off grid. <laughs> you can live off grid. I mean, there's uh, I watch Grand. Yeah, that's, that was their problem what? because he wasn't. No, you can live off grid. Or maybe it's was this in the states? Yeah. Okay. Well, I know over here you can live off the grid and you can actually get paid by the energy companies for the energy that you produce that you don't use. Really? So, like, say I built an eco house. I'm not talking a thing that's made out of fucking bottles, recycled. But I'm talking like a nice house, right. but it's all done uh, eco friendly. Right. I've got that. solar panels. I've got um, the rainwater comes down. It's a filtration system. Everything is reusable. Yeah, I take it that's a lot of work, though. Isn't it? Yeah, well, it's more expensive than building a non uh, eco friendly house. I mean, it's probably double the cost. Mm. But say I only use, I don't know, ninety percent of the energy that I produce. The other ten mm. percent. I can feed back into the, nat the national grid and they'll pay me for it. That's wicked. Yeah. So you essentially, you make your money back on your house. If well, you yeah, but I mean, we're, like. we're not talking hundreds of thousands of pounds here that you're giving back. Pence. Well, maybe maybe a couple of quid. I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know. I've not done the maths on it. But I know That's that wicked. people have done that. Well, there you go. I plan my future house. It's going to be an eco-friendly house. And I'll probably have 60% of the world's wildlife living on top of it on my, yeah. on my rainforest. If any of it's actually left by the time you come around to have a house, you know. Jeez, that's a, that's another thing. Even getting a house now with the, the uh, prices of things, it's almost impossible. When you think about it, they're so fucking expensive. Nan bought her house. I think uh -huh. she was telling me for like six grand back in the day. Yeah, what year would that have been though? That would have been like 1970 something, right? No, earlier than that. 65? Possibly, yeah. Uh, hang on a minute. Dad was eight. 1970. Jeez. Yeah, 69. Six grand for a house. Yeah. But, but if you look at if you look at six grand back in 1970 and you equate it to today, yeah. okay, it's Getting still it's still it's still considerably less yeah. than what we're paying for a house now. Mm. But it's all relative to the earnings that they were taking home, you know. Mm. And don't forget, I believe that would have been on the old money awesome. back in 1970 because well, we they... moved over to the decimal, didn't we? Okay, so basically, you, you heard like Nan say a frookney bit. Yeah. Half uh, pence. Yeah. Tuppence. Uh, yeah. Like that, I mean, so I we had old money, so English yeah. money. Fruitney bit. Fruitney bit. Is that oh, is. I'll, I'll Google it. I've heard it say fruitney bit. I don't know if it's Cockney rhyme or something for something. But no, we used to have old money, and then we moved over to the decimal point. So, so how much would the old money be worth now if you had? There's a calculator on Google. Google is your friend, so look it up. Jeez. But yeah, so so before we moved over to the decimal, a pound was not like a pound now. It's, they actually lost money when they moved over to the decimal, Nan said to me. Really? Yeah, when they changed from She used to work in a bank, innit, so she'd know. Yeah, so apparently everyone lost out of it because of the way that the, the exchange worked. I think we changed over to a decimal to match Europe. I could be wrong, but I think we changed over because they were using a decimal place in their money. What I mean is, you know, like we've got mm. a, a pound is 100 pennies. Mm. So if you took a penny off it, it would be 99 pennies. So it would be yeah. 0.99, right? Yeah. I don't think it worked like that before. Gotcha. So we added the decimal to account for the smaller fractions of money. I think someone's going to correct me. As I said, nothing on here is technically mm -hmm. factual. Right, right now, the exchange rate is really bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going through this thing called Brexit. I don't know if you've heard about it. I've been living under a rock. Yeah. <laughs> Appar apparently, apparently, we're coming out of Europe. I've, I mean... I think it's done. I think we're better as a collective, but that's just my view. I've gone past the point of caring, in all fairness. I, just, I mean, No, I just think the whole world should just work together. Uh-huh. Like, don't forget Europe, forget Americas, all that stuff. I think everyone should just go, we live on a planet, we're all human. No borders, no, no boundaries, no, no flags, no nationalities. Yeah, it would I'm, be lovely. I'm all for that. It never happens until no, we die and they start again. Mm -hmm. But that would be lovely. Well, I don't, I don't think we will die. I, I think that we're just going to get amalgamated into the machine Obviously, we're going to become the like more the more and more i look into ai and artificial intelligence it does look cool though isn't it but you know what scares me it's just it's our robot scares me <laughs> but also the fact that you've got this and people could just hack into your your system on you it would have to be very intricate uh -huh. but the fact that oh, i don't know someone could override you and it's just 
I'm going to now kill your family. We're going to make you kill your family. I just see all this negative see, stuff. I don't, see, I don't see it in that term. Like what you're saying is, it's like you're, you're still you, yeah. but you're sort of linked to the computer. No, I yeah, see so it. half of you be like, I'm going to kill me. No, Do you remember the, the I bit of graffiti on University Way? This is going back, and it said, say no to the human chip. Say no to the human chip. Yeah, this was back in like early 2000s, maybe 90s right, right, something. Right, right. And I remember driving past in the car and always seeing it. It's not there anymore. Uh -huh. I always used to we see We might that. have to go and uh, work it back up on there, innit? We've got to say no to the human shit. <laughs> <laughs> there's no uh, ball in that, is there? Why is there no ball in that? There we go. Hey! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> say no to the human shit. Yeah, I remember seeing that, so I've always had a, a fear of that. But all, So at the same time, it'd be wicked to have, like, be a bionic man. See, see, I, 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 I get what you're saying, and I see that being a possibility, like us having bionics, right? By the way, all of this comes down to like three things as far as I'm concerned. One, nuclear holocaust doesn't happen. It's a very strong possibility in the next five to ten years that we will fucking kill ourselves with nukes. It's a very strong possibility. So that doesn't happen, right? Mm -hmm. Secondly, we don't fucking send ourselves into another ice age or with the... We're um, Jew the ice age, isn't it? We are. Or, or we don't um, have uh, the massive runaway greenhouse effect and turn into a second Venus, right? That's number two. And number three we don't just die of natural causes or a meteorite hits us or something like that, right? So let's say the human race exists, mm. yeah, long enough to see artificial intelligence come to its peak. Mm. The way I view it happening is the AI basically becomes conscious mm. because it's now more intelligent by us by a factor of like thousands. Mm. So if we had a graph, animals are say, I mean, I'm talking about insects, animals, like little cats, whatever, on the intelligence level, let's say that they're a one. Uh -huh. On the intelligence level, we're a two and a half, uh -huh. right? The AI would be like a thousand yeah. once it becomes conscious. So if you think that what we've done now, splitting the atom, sending a man to the moon, uh, building the Hubble Space Telescope, all of that stuff that we've done, which is fucking amazing, would pale in insignificance of what the artificial intelligence. The artificial intelligence is only as smart as we program it to be. Yeah, but although it has a better memory. Well, 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 this is this, this is what I'm this is what I'm getting at. So once it be, once it becomes conscious, once it's called the singularity. So you at the moment we program a robot to pick up this Red Bull can and crush it. Right? We can get it to do that. We can get it to build a car. We can get it to paint. We can get it to do all these things. We can get it to beat someone at uh, chess. But we've programmed the robot. Mm. When the robot starts thinking for itself, because mm. there is every possibility that could happen, mm. it will then start learning quicker than it's ever learned. And it will be teaching itself stuff. At the moment, we program it in to do something, it does it. It's impressive. So how do you create consciousness? No, it will create it itself. That's what, that is called the singularity, right? So eventually the machine... How? I, it, I don't know, but, the, but so it's, 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 it becomes a living, there's a living mind, thing. There's minds greater than mine that tell me that there's a possibility that within the next 10 to 50 years, with the rate in which we are going with AI, that it will become conscious enough to learn what's going on. At that moment, its learning will increase exponentially, mm. and it will do one of three things. One, it will go, right, mankind constantly repeating itself, Constantly having wars, constantly having poverty, constantly having famine, constantly damaging the earth. Let's eradicate of all mankind. There's no need for them to be here. They're the enemy. Yeah. Wipe us all out. Mm -hmm. Or it becomes almost like our God. Yeah. And it wants to amalgamate us into the machine. Mm. And the way I can see it is that you'd almost be downloaded. Mm. So we would be put into the machine to live forever almost in perfect simu simulations mm -hmm. so there'd be no more crime there'd be no more violence there'd be no more nothing if your simulation you wanted to go around shooting people you can because mm -hmm. it's your simulation your soul so to speak is plugged into that machine your body's gone you're no need for that anymore but a version of you is downloading into so, the yeah, computer they, they consciousness. yeah but it's not even consciousness so it's almost like a, a program of you so mm -hmm. you're dead as far as, as, far as real, the real world's concerned, you were killed the moment that you went into the machine. But your, your, your thoughts and feelings and emotions live on within the machine. Yeah, it was, <laughs> as I say, there's guys out there that are much more intelligent than me um, that know a lot more about this sort of stuff. But the more I look into AI, the more it just 
tells me that eventually we're going to die. <laughs> he takes a sip of. So guys, um, we've we've hit an hour. Yeah. So I think it's about time we wrap up. Actually, I think it's the first time that we've managed to get this uh, vodcast to an hour. Yeah. So uh, guys, something about the homely setting. It is. It is. Yeah. I hope that SP don't mind that we've slightly overrun. So guys, thank you ever so much for watching. Um, do catch us next time. Link for our merch in the description if you're watching this on yeah, YouTube. Yeah, keep warm with us this winter's. Keep warm. And um, yeah, thank you ever so much. Peace.